I'm Maria Titizian. And I'm Rubina Margosian, and welcome to the Week in Review for the week of November 25. In the news, CSTO Summit and Collective Security Council session takes place in Yerevan. Armenia's Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan refuses to sign final CSTO document, says text does not include appropriate political assessment of the September Azerbaijani attack against Armenia, and Azerbaijani armed forces continue to violate the ceasefire with Armenia and Artsakh on a daily basis. This week, a CSTO summit of leaders, foreign ministers, defense ministers, and security council secretaries of member states, as well as the CSTO collective security council session, was held in Yerevan. This was on November 23. Russian President Vladimir Putin also traveled to Armenia to participate. One of the priorities of the agenda was to adopt a document on providing assistance to Armenia. However, Armenia's Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan refused to sign the final document, saying that the text does not include an appropriate political assessment of the September 13-14 Azerbaijani attack against Armenia's sovereign territory. The document was sent for revision. According to Pashinyan, the lack of a clear political assessment may mean not only CSTO's refusal of alliance obligations, but also Azerbaijan's interpretation as CSTO's green light for further aggression against Armenia. Alexander Lukashenko, the president of Belarus, noted that the Armenian side had made two additions to the text, which, however, were not accepted. He added that if the assistance package to Armenia is accepted by CSTO after being revised, the conflict between Armenia and Azerbaijan will end and the sides will be able to sign a peace treaty. Armenia handed a rotating presidency of the CSTO over to Belarus. Lukashenko said that one of the priorities of Belarus's presidency in the CSTO for the coming year will be the resolution of the conflict between Armenia and Azerbaijan. And two days before the summit, on November 21, Azerbaijan's president, Ilham Aliyev, announced in Baku that Azerbaijan has more friends in the CSTO than Armenia, which, according to him, is evidenced by the fact that the CSTO has not adopted any anti-Azerbaijani documents. During his speech at the CSTO Collective Security Council session, Pashinyan again criticized the CSTO's inaction during the September 13-14 attack on Armenia's borders. He stated that during the last two years, as a member of CSTO, Armenia has been subjected to aggression by Azerbaijan at least three times, adding that the fact that Armenia's membership in the CSTO did not stop Azerbaijan from resorting to aggressive actions and that no decision has been made regarding the CSTO's response to Azerbaijan's aggression against Armenia is saddening. According to Pashinyan, these facts greatly damage the reputation of CSTO both inside and outside of Armenia. In his speech, Pashinyan also addressed the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict, again calling out Azerbaijan for not observing its obligations under the November 9, 2020 statement that ended the Artsakh War. Pashinyan stated that the November 9 statement clearly defines that Artsakh or Nagorno-Karabakh exists, that there is a line of contact in Nagorno-Karabakh, and there is a latching corridor. He added that Azerbaijan declares that Nagorno-Karabakh does not exist, contrary to the document signed by the president of Azerbaijan himself and in violation of that document. Pashinyan also pointed out that Azerbaijani armed forces took over the Armenian village of Paruch in Artsakh in March of this year and captured 66 Armenian servicemen in Khazabert in December of 2021 near the presence of the Russian peacekeepers. According to Pashinyan, with these actions, Azerbaijan also violated the mandate of the peacekeeping mission. Prime Minister Pashinyan and President Putin had a separate meeting after the CSTO Collective Security Council session. Bilateral cooperation and regional issues were 
were discussed during the meeting. During his speech at the CSDO session, Putin had expressed hope that Armenia and Azerbaijan would be able to sign a peace treaty. And yesterday, during the cabinet meeting, Prime Minister Pashinyan announced that he received certain signals during the meeting with Putin that Armenia might resume the reconstruction of the Horadis Meghri Ordubat Sadarak Yerask Railway. Pashinyan added that this must be confirmed with Azerbaijan first before it can be realized. Armenia and Azerbaijan had agreed on the opening of the railway after a trilateral meeting facilitated by the President of the European Council, Charles Michel, uh, back uh, in December of 2021. It was later revealed that Aliyev had backtracked from that agreement in the following months. On the sidelines of the CSTO session, Defense Minister Suren Babikian met with his Russian counterpart, Sergei Shoigu. The defense ministers discussed a number of issues of bilateral interest, including defense cooperation between the two countries. And on November 22, Suren Babikian received the delegation headed by the Minister of Defense of Kazakhstan. The sides discussed the possibilities of developing bilateral cooperation in the defense sphere. The CSTO sessions taking place in Yerevan and the arrival of President Putin were accompanied by anti-CSTO and anti-Putin protests. Protesters demanded that Armenia leave the CSTO since it does not guarantee security for Armenia. Some Ukrainian and Russian citizens were also present at these rallies. The protests were peaceful with no clashes with the police. However, the head of the European Party of Armenia, Dikran Khizmalyan, and three other party members were detained on their way to Freedom Square where a rally was taking place. According to Khazmalian, they were detained because of the posters they were carrying. They were released after three hours. On the eve of his arrival to Yerevan, Putin held a telephone conversation with Azerbaijan's president, Aliyev. This was their second phone call uh, within a span of a week, according to the Kremlin. The trilateral meeting in Sochi on October 31 and the implementation of the trilateral statements of November 9, 2020, January 11 and November 26, 2021, as well as the security situation on the Armenia-Azerbaijan border were discussed during that phone conversation. And today, Ilham Aliyev announced that he will not meet Pashinyan in Brussels on December 7 for another trilateral meeting facilitated by Charles Michel. According to Aliyev, Pashinyan insisted that Emmanuel Macron be present at the meeting, which apparently is unacceptable for Azerbaijan. In response to Aliyev's statement, Vahan Hunanyan, the Speaker of Armenia's Foreign Ministry, told Armen Press that as the December 7 meeting was agreed upon during the quadrilateral meeting in Prague on October 6, with the participation of Pashinyan, Ilham Aliyev, Charles Michel and Emmanuel Macron, it is only logical that it take place with the same format. And also today, Aliyev met with EU Special Representative to the South Caucasus, Tovio Klar. They discussed the normalization of Armenia-Azerbaijan relations, the peace treaty to be signed by the two countries and the border demarcation processes. And yesterday, Aliyev discussed the Armenia-Azerbaijan peace processes with Igor Khovayev, the Russian co-chair of the OSCE Minsk Group. And this week, again, Azerbaijan violated the ceasefire with Armenia on a daily basis, even on the day when the CSTO Collective Security Council session was taking place in Yerevan. On November 23, an Armenian serviceman was wounded as Azerbaijani armed forces fired in the direction of Armenian positions on the eastern part of the border. As usual, Azerbaijan has been accusing Armenia of violating the ceasefire and at the same time denying that it has fired 
um, at Armenian military positions. Azerbaijani armed forces also violated the ceasefire with Artsakh, opening fire in the direction of both defense army positions and civilians. Azerbaijani armed forces targeted civilians carrying out agricultural work in Artsakh today and on November 21 and also on November 22. At the same time, Azerbaijan accused the Artsakh Defense Army of opening fire at Azerbaijani positions near the Martuni region. The Russian Peacekeeping Command has been notified about the ceasefire violations. Yesterday, Azerbaijan's Foreign Minister Jehun Bayramov announced that Yerevan is using the Lachin Corridor to transfer weapons to Artsakh, including mines that were placed in Gharapakh last year. He said Gharapakh and not Nagorno-Gharapakh. According to Bayramov, the inappropriate use of the corridor must be stopped and Azerbaijan will take necessary measures for that. And we've been hearing a lot of this chatter from Azerbaijani officials about this so-called you know, transfer, transport of mines. Um, and it has raised a lot of red flags uh, about what... And concerns, uh, definitely, sure. about the security situation. Well, over the weekend, Prime Minister Pashinyan and Foreign Minister Art Mirzoyan participated in the Francophonie World Summit in Tunisia. During the summit, Armenia passed the chairmanship of the Francophonie to Tunisia. A resolution called on crisis situations in the Francophonie space, overcoming them and the strengthening of peace was adopted at that summit, through which member states expressed their support to Armenia. The resolution expressed deep concerns about the latest military escalation on the Armenia-Azerbaijan border, especially the violations of international law, territorial integrity, and international humanitarian law. The resolution also highlights the importance of avoiding a new escalation and calls for the full implementation of the November 9, 2020 trilateral statement and welcomes the ongoing efforts aimed at peaceful settlement of the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict. In the statement, the Francophonie organization expressed its concern about the unresolved humanitarian issues, including the POWs and the fates of missing persons. The resolution also underlined concerns regarding the destruction of cultural heritage and expressed its support to the fulfillment of a UNESCO mission to Nagorno-Karabakh and adjacent territories. Azerbaijan's President Ilham Aliyev called the resolution a provocation against Azerbaijan perpetrated by France during an event dedicated to the 30th anniversary of his Yeni Azerbaijan party. Azerbaijan's president stated that France and Armenia are calling each other sisters, but they could or should be calling each other brothers. This was, again, um, unclear what he tried to mean by all of this, but... um, Well, it's reaching new heights. Or new lows. (laughs) New lows. Well, while in Tunisia, Pashinyan met with the French president, Emmanuel Macron, European Council president, Charles Michel, and Canada's prime minister, Justin Trudeau. The October 6 quadrilateral meeting in Prague, regional issues as well as bilateral relations and cooperation were discussed during the meetings. And more in diplomatic news, on November 20, Armenia's Deputy Foreign Minister Manatsagan Safarian met with Iran's Foreign Minister in Tehran. The parties discussed bilateral relations as well as regional issues, and of course the nagorno karabakh conflict was discussed during that meeting. Over the weekend, Armenia's Secretary of the Security Council, Armen Grigorian, was in India participating in the No Money for Terror conference 
While in India, Grigoryan met his Indian counterpart, the sides welcomed the development of bilateral cooperation in the security sphere and agreed to contribute to the rapid implementation of the agreements reached in that regard. Grigoryan also met with India's foreign minister. However, no details have been disclosed about the meeting. In local news, during a cabinet meeting on November 24, the Armenian government approved a draft law on creating a Ministry of Internal Affairs. With the new changes, the Ministry of Emergency Situations will cease to exist, while the police, the Migration and Citizenship Service, and the Rescue Service will be subordinated to this new Ministry of Internal Affairs. And this week, an infamous judge, Minasakan Martirosyan, who is also known for being behind convictions of political figures, including the imprisonment of former oppositionists, current Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan, and the imprisonment of political figures in the March 1, 2008 case, was appointed as an anti-corruption judge by the Supreme Judicial Council. Martirosyan's verdict have been appealed in the European Court of Human Rights with rulings against Armenia. And back then, in 2018, when the new government was talking about vetting the judges, Mm -hmm. one of the criteria that was put first by Pashinyan himself, and I remember this very well, is like he said something along the lines of, it's very simple, if a judge has a ruling in the European Court of Justice against Armenia, then he doesn't participate or he's out. Right. And here we go. And this week, nine ministers were dismissed in Artsakh, including Foreign Minister David Babayan and Minister of Territorial Administration and Infrastructure Haik Khanumyan. These changes come after Russian-Armenian businessman and philanthropist Rupen Vartanian took over the position of state minister in Artsakh, its equivalent to the role of a prime minister. During a meeting with government officials, Vartanian stated that the current challenges facing Artsakh demand new approaches. Um, these ministers that were dismissed are now acting ministers Most until them, new yes. ones uh, will be appointed. Well, it's interesting because there's like education minister, health minister. Yeah, the yes, whole cabinet. The whole, yeah. Almost, mm-hmm. well. Nine out of 11. Also this week, Artsakh's president, Arai Karatunyan, recalled the constitutional reform package from parliament. According to Harutunyan's press office, the reforms were not positively received by the public and were recalled to avoid domestic tensions. The constitutional reforms entailed uh, limiting the powers of the president, among other things. Vachagan Ghazaryan, the former head of President Serge Sarkisian's security, is facing new criminal charges for committing large-scale extortion, with threats of violence, his wife and the director of Jan's Music Club, which belongs to Ghazaryan and his wife, are also facing similar charges. After the 2018 revolution, Ghazaryan and his wife were charged with illegal enrichment and tax evasion. According to Armenia's investigative committee, between 2013 and 2018, the Jan's Music Hall failed to pay uh, 771 million drums. That's close to 2 million U.S. dollars in taxes. In 2020, they returned about 3 billion drums. That's over 7 million U.S. dollars of unpaid taxes to the state, and the case was dismissed. Um, in an interesting move, France has refused to extradite former Sunik governor Surik Khachadurian to Armenia. As a justification, the French foreign ministry cited the European Convention of Extradition, stating that it may have grave consequences for Khachadurian. The former governor of Sunik is accused of official forgery, embezzlement, and abuse of power. And talking about being infamous, I mean, Khachadurian is known for, you know, spreading a lot of terror in, in Sunik. And it's interesting why the French government has refused to extradite him. Uh, and uh, also the prosecutor general's office reported that two forensic doctors have been charged 
concerning the death of Boris Borosian. Uh, this feels like we're going back in time, yeah. this, this section. Boris Borosian, who was beaten to death by former President Robert Kocharian's bodyguards in a cafe in Yerevan. This was in 2001. The forensic doctors are accused of giving a false account after examining Borosian's body. At the time, they said he died as a result of a fall. The case was reopened two years ago, and another examination concluded that Borosian was beaten to death. This week, Armenian trucks were again stuck at the Upper Lars Customs Checkpoint on the Russian-Georgian border. According to Armenian authorities, the trucks are being held longer at the checkpoint because the Russian side has made clearance processes stricter after the explosion of the Crimea Bridge on October 8. The vehicle which you know bombed the bridge had also passed through Upper Lars. Armenian trucks were in a similar situation on the Upper Lars checkpoint this spring when congestion occurred because of the war in Ukraine and the redirection of transportation routes. Back then, Armenia's Minister of Economy, Vahan Keropian, promised that an alternative to the Upper Lars checkpoint would be established through the Black Sea and the Georgian port of Poti. According to Keropian, the process is complicated and that is why it's being delayed. And yesterday, finally, Rubina, the Yerevan municipality uh, decided that fireworks in the capital will be banned and can only take place at Republic or Freedom Squares on holidays and only by municipal authorities. Well, the issue of banning fireworks has been on the table for a, a long time, and the deadly August 14 blast of Surmalu Market, where over four tons of explosives were stored, put the focus on the issue again, but we've been talking about it since 2018. I've been talking about it since I moved to Armenia. <laughs> it's like 4 o'clock in the morning, because it's somebody's birthday, there's fireworks outside my window. It's just absolutely ridiculous, and... I really am pleased about this decision. Anyway, moving on, Armenia's Ministry of Territorial Administration and Infrastructure announced that prices for drinking water will not increase until 2024. This is despite Vielotur's application to the Public Services Regulatory Commission to increase fees by 9 dirhams per cubic meter. The commission will make a decision regarding the application by the end of the month. The ministry has made assurances, however, that regardless of the final decision, fees will not increase until 2024. And also, uh, the Armenian government decided that it will subsidize natural gas fees for the coming 10 years, which means that the price will not change during that period. I'm kind of skeptical, but let's see. <laughs> let's see. And the prosecutor general's office um, is demanding that the privatization of the AUX building, this is the former... Soviet Armenian Organization for Cooperation for, with Foreign Countries was done illegally, as a result of which the state registration of the property should be invalidated. Armenia's former Minister of Culture, Hasmik Borosian, and Armenia's former Ambassador to Israel, Armin Sympadian, are involved in the case and face criminal charges. Borosian and Sympadian are accused of illegally appropriating the building, then selling it to an offshore company belonging to Borosian's daughter-in-law in the British Virgin Islands, for 550,000 US dollars, the Augs building is considered a cultural landmark and it's one of the most beautiful buildings on Apovian and um, it's got a fascinating history. Sure does. It was a doctor who built it and uh, it says like served many purposes mm-hmm. and the end of it would be corruption and appropriation yeah. would be said. So I'm happier about this than the fireworks. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> 
and uh, I hope it actually gets done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And a member of parliament from Armenia Alliance, Adam Vartevanian, announced today that he will put down his mandate. Vartevanian said he will return to working as a lawyer. So he was part of Kocharian's team. He was mm-hmm. Kocharian's lawyer and went into parliament there. It was surprising at the time. Yeah, it was. Anyway, interesting. And uh, that's the kind of week it's been here in Armenia. Thank you for listening. Have a safe and peaceful weekend. And we'll be back again next week. Thank you.